Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe, and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you know to grow the platform. Hi guys, welcome back to Scenes of Beauty. Um, We are just over two months into the podcast, so I wanted to do an episode all about me to tell you who I am, where I'm from um, and how Scenes of Beauty has come about really um, and a little bit more about its purpose. Um, So I'm Chloe, I'm 30 years old, I am from Yorkshire, well actually I'm from Bradford but we'll save that story for another day. Um, I lived in London for a little bit which I'll tell you about in this episode and I now live in Manchester. Um, So I had a little bit about my upbringing. I kind of had a relatively positive upbringing, a lot of experience, a lot of traveling, fun, quite normal. Um, But looking back, I think I was really confused a lot of the time um, and actually quite desperate to fit in. I was really insecure, quite different to my siblings in terms of how I looked um, and really how I thought. And I guess I always felt like I was a bit of an odd one out. And I think that transferred and developed um, into my school years as well. Um, Overall, I think school was a bit of a challenge for me. And, you know, I was always intelligent and interested from quite a young age, but I just wanted to be liked and accepted. And I guess that came with a lot of kind of insecurity and behaviour that I didn't really recognise. I got in with the wrong crowd at school, um, especially as I got older into secondary school. And looking back, it was just me and a coping mechanism that I had to really be cool and try and fit in. I was just a bit of a dick, to be honest. I started smoking, I was drinking a lot, like I'd leave school at lunchtime um, and go and drink in a park and just just not nice behaviour and definitely not. It didn't align with kind of the upbringing that I was having. Um, And I generally just stop giving a fuck about anything. I just didn't care. Um, 
I really wasn't the nicest person. And looking back, I think that transpired into me coming into these two completely different people. The outer me was really aggressive, quite arrogant, completely lost, like just acted out all the time. And the internal me was really quite soft. I was always really smart. I'm, I'm quite a delicate person. I think I always have been. And I just didn't know how to be myself. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of years of self-doubt and insecurity, which I think a lot of people feel when they're teenagers. Um, my parents weren't really tuned into how we felt or our emotions. I often kind of, I mean, sorry, I of course they cared. I just think they were almost on autopilot and they just went into the flow of things as kind of I guess you do as a parent and dealt with things in the best way that they knew how to. I've been thinking back and I I never remember having like proper conversations about why something had happened or how relationships worked or why we felt certain things which now as an adult and as I've kind of grown and grown this kind of self-awareness and I've kind of into psychology and stuff seems quite crazy to me um and for a while I didn't get it and it created quite a big disconnect between me and my mum for the longest time um I've now kind of I spend time talking to my mum about it and she kind of you know I ask her questions and I pick her brains a little bit Um, And it's actually something we speak about quite a lot and I've got a much better understanding of some of the whys and we have such a better relationship now that we've kind of had those conversations. Um, And yeah, I think our relationship is in a lot of a a much stronger place than, than it ever has been. And I think it's also... I do this a lot in life. I, if I don't get something, I used to be quite, have quite an arrogant approach and just not really be that interested in finding out the why. I'd be more bothered about being pissed off about it. And actually what I now do is try and, especially if it's something I care about, I try and ask why. And I guess it's almost like just accepting people and things for how they are. Um... But yeah, my relationship with my mum is is way better. Um, and I think everyone should have those difficult conversations with the parents. I have gained a lot more value from it. And actually, I think it's taken a bit like my mum, I think, felt guilt, which I think a lot of parents do. I think that's I don't think that's anything out of the ordinary. But I think she felt a certain way about things. And actually me asking her questions and having the chance to speak about it as adults makes her feel a lot better as well um so yeah it's just helped me loads yeah got got loads of value from those conversations um so yeah kind of when I left school um I think I was still really lost I didn't have any clue what I wanted to do I was never one of those kids who was really good at art or even creative or writing I wasn't into writing back then um and so I did quite a few different things when I left um the first one being I went to aviation academy I was desperate to be a pilot I love travel I always have um and I always will and I was just 
obsessed with planes for a little bit. Um, I had to go to Leeds Bradford Airport every day, which took me two hours there and two hours back. Um, and I lasted about eight weeks, I think, because honestly, I just couldn't be asked. I was 16. I had a stinking attitude. I was aggressive and I just didn't, I didn't want to travel. Um, so I gave that up pretty much straight away, which back then was the story of my life. Um, I then did, I can't remember what I did then. I think I did like a few random little jobs. Um, and then I studied media and advertising for two years, um, at a college that was quite, again, quite far away from where I lived. Um, but I really loved it and I enjoyed it. Um, and then I had a few different jobs and I, um, eventually ended up working for an events agency. Um, and I think that's where my story really started to change. I, um, I was really lucky. I had the opportunity to work for some incredible brands and some amazing events. Um, brands were mainly beauty brands. I worked with Estee Lauder, a lot of the L'Oreal brands, Mac and a few others. Um, I was an amazing creative events manager and I loved it. I worked with an incredible team that I'm still friends with all of them pretty much now. Um, and it was hard graft, but I just, yeah, I just loved it and I was in an environment that I excelled in, which helped a lot. Um, I got to travel the world and it really opened my eyes. You know, I was a small girl from Bradford. I've never been exposed to different countries and cultures. I mean, I traveled as a kid, but not in this way. Um, it also really opened my eyes to the world of corporate beauty, which again, as a kind of a young girl from Bradford, I'd never been exposed to a bright lights, big city environment. And I just became fascinated with it and in awe of it. Um, and I guess that's where the start of my journey with beauty began. Um, yeah, just this sheer awe of a different world that I had not been privy to prior to them. Um, so that was kind of school and the start of my career. Um, and then moving on to more personal topics, um, I am someone who tends to be quite private. I like to keep things to myself. Um, I don't share too much of my personal life. I'm quite an introvert in that respect. Um, and there's a really small select handful of people, maybe not even a handful, that I am really close to. Um, but... <laughs> I do have a podcast and I interview people pretty much every week um, where I hope, you know, that they feel comfortable enough to get intimate with me and share information about their personal life in the hope that they will make you guys feel connected. Um, and I feel like I can't expect that of them um, and expect you guys to buy into what I'm trying to do here if I'm not prepared to do the same. Um, so I, I'm going to try and be vulnerable um, and I'm going to continue to do so. Um, but I also really want Scenes of Beauty to become a platform that people who are just like me um, and can really relate to what I am and who I am and what I do and how I go about things my aim is that you guys really get value from it. Um, so I'm going to share two significant things that have happened to me in the past few years. Um, 
and actually beyond that um and things that i believe have played a massive role in why scenes is happening i had roxy on the show um on the first episode and she talks about you know moments of definement things that happen to you that significantly change you um and actually before not even before that but um when I started to kind of read into this stuff and develop my kind of knowledge in these areas these are the two things that kept cropping up and they're huge um the first one is that my dad died in 2012 um I don't really speak about it, to be honest, and I'll go into a bit about why, but I, you know, my dad was someone who was really traditional. He was a bit of like the head of our family and really kind of ruled our roost. Um, He was Irish and as you would expect most Irish guys to be, he was loud. He loved a beer on an evening, Um, a bit of a gobshite, which as his children, me and my brother and sister um have all probably got that from him I think but yeah he was really loud and bold um and didn't play by the book um he moved over to England when he was about 14 um I think yeah I think he was about 14 uh, with absolutely nothing and grafted really bloody hard to build a business and a life um he met my mum um moved in with my grandparents and they kind of went from the ground up and Again, I think I don't think my mum knew this at the time or even thinks about this now, but they built something together that then offered them a life that they'd never experienced before and as an incredible life as children, you know. We didn't have a traditional childhood. I spent weekends at the... My dad had racehorses, so I spent weekends at the race course. Didn't really watch Disney films or any films. So if like girls at school were having chats about movies, I didn't really know what they were talking about. Um, So quite an unconventional but really fun upbringing. A lot of holidays, a lot of, you know, it was carnage, but it was, yeah, it was really good fun. Um, Really quite a raw upbringing as well. Um... The second defining moment um, was going through a really, really awful breakup. Um, Like, (laughs) think awful and then times it by 10. And I'm going to explain why. Um, And this isn't taken away from anyone's breakup. I feel like going through a breakup at a young age, I've not been through one as as I've since then, Um, but going through one at at a young age of 25 was bloody hard um so I got with my then boyfriend pretty much straight away after my dad passed it was someone who um was friends with all of the boys at school and I'd known him for a long time um and looking back yes sorry so just before I get on to that I yeah got with him we got together like the week after my dad died um And looking back, I think I masked a lot of the processing of emotions because I was in this new happy bubble of falling in love with someone at a young age. And it was so exciting to me. It was something I'd never really experienced. Um, And being with someone in that way was a completely new experience for me. You know, I talked a bit about 
my upbringing and how I felt with my siblings and people at school and I just never felt like I fit in and honestly I was like this is now my time. I have met this person who really gets me and really believes in me and he's really for me and I just thought I'd hit the jackpot and I kind of just forgot about everything else. I'd really always been someone to that point who had lacked confidence with boys and if I'm completely honest I always just had a mindset of it actually makes me feel a bit sick to say it now but I constantly thought like why would anyone want to be with me like I was always overweight as a kid which I actually haven't spoken about too much maybe that's another episode but yeah I was always really overweight um and just yeah had a had an aggressive attitude for a lot of my younger years and so I just had this mind space of why would anybody even look at me in an, in a like an attractive way which is awful like kind of a reason why I'm doing this like nobody should ever feel like that um so yeah it was all new and exciting and completely alien the relationship was quite intense fluctuations of insane greatness followed by arguments and chaos and it was just a really toxic environment and on reflection my upbringing was pretty much the same it was fast-paced it was up up and down it was chaotic and so I kind of copied what I knew and just put the same energy into my relationship and just for reference that's a really fucking bad idea like I never ever once stopped for a second and thought what does a relationship mean to me what do I want it to be like I mean I was young it's it's fine you know you kind of have to go through these things to live and learn but yeah I've never stopped for a second to think about what it meant to me I just was on autopilot and I just was mimicking behavior that I'd seen from relationships around me in the past so it went on and you know a lot of arguing but I was really I became a part of his family and we were really close and it just it meant a lot to me you know um and then three years later it ended and I was completely heartbroken like like I don't even have words to explain I'm, I'm gonna try but I yeah it was a lot I was completely lost I lost loads of weight like an unhealthy amount of weight I was acting completely out of character again so similar behavior patterns to what was happening to me at school I just remember feeling so broken and just not even a person you know I have memories of I'd just go out in my car for hours because I didn't know what to do and I'd park up somewhere and I would just sit and cry for hours and having no clue what to do about it or how to get out of this hole and I just felt completely numb I lost all sense of who I was any dignity I had for myself any respect for myself it was all just completely gone and the term rock bottom is something that I think is wildly overused I don't really like it and I hate to jump on that bandwagon but 
I just don't know how else to describe the situation I was in. I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but when I think about it internally, I think of it as an intense period of blackness in my head. Like it's just a dull feeling. Um, And I feel like unless you've been there, that might be hard to kind of visualise and envisage, but I can't really describe it as anything else. And actually, it's affected me a lot as I've grown into, you know, more and deeper into my adulthood. It's affected me with guys for a lot of years, you know. Um, So it's not, I think there is a misconception of, you know, young relationships and breakups and, oh, get over it. And you were young, like it can't be that deep. Like it actually is. And some of those feelings and thoughts become ingrained within you. So, you know, it's, and, and that's definitely what happened to me. It it stuck with me for a very long time and it's taken me a lot of effort to step out of it and move on. I also threw out at the time, I think I felt really guilty that I'd never spent any time grieving for my dad. And it was like a massive wave of shit hit me all at once when it ended. Um... And yeah, for a long time afterwards, I just didn't know what to do with myself. I was going round and round in circles of having a good day, having four bad days, having a good hour, then crying for a bit. And it was just a complete mess. I was still, I lived on my own. I had my own house at that point, but I just felt claustrophobic. Everything reminded me of the past. Every shop I went into, every person I spoke to, I stopped going to certain places because I didn't want to bump into people and I felt like I couldn't move or breathe. And I desperately just, I had this urge to just wipe the slate clean. So I decided to kind of start all over again. Within two weeks, I had rented my house out. Um, I got myself a job in London. I called my mum about five days before I went, I think, and I just vanished. I just disappeared. I didn't really tell anyone I was going. I was seeing a guy at the time and I told him, I think a couple of hours before I went. I just, yeah, just didn't tell anyone. So I moved to London and I promised myself that things would change. That was the one thing, you know, I knew I was going to move away and I was going to start again. My story and this story isn't one of those, you know, I went from a really shit situation, I upped and left and it all became good and now everything's great. That's not the case at all. It's realistic and it's raw and I think it's actually what a lot of us go through, ups and downs and feeling lost and unmotivated and, you know, lack of sense of self. Um... The past five years have been a lot of trial and error. I moved, sorry, I should have said that. I moved to London five years ago and it's been a lot of trial and error, um, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of tears um, and actually a lot of people questioning my decisions. But it's also been a massive, massive amount of self-development and learning. And I finally feel really comfortable with the kind of person that I am and the person that I'm becoming and the situations I put myself into every single day. Um, I feel like it's still ongoing and I think it it is something that just continues forever and definitely in my case it will. Um, I'm quite inquisitive about 
myself. I spend a lot of time in my own head and figuring it out. So for me, it's something that will be a progressional process ongoing forever. But going through all of this has given me so much of a stronger sense of self-awareness. You know, I I went down there and I got really curious about who I was. I desperately wanted to be happy. Like, it makes me emotional talking about it now because, yeah, I just craved happiness. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, upping and leaving like that was probably a protection um, of being at home and escapism, running away. But also, I think what I was trying to do was build up skills to protect myself from ever, ever being that torn down again, um, which I don't really think is a realistic view, but it makes sense why we can sometimes feel like that, you know, and why you want to build up all of these barriers and become this invincible machine and mechanic that nobody can then get into. Um, my headspace with that, with that now is to work towards confidence and self-awareness and being, without being too mimicky, the best version of me um, and being confident in who I am and knowing myself very well and knowing what I deserve, and if and when I'm in a really tough situation again, then I'm way better prepared to deal with it. So that's kind of how I look at it now. Um, But yeah, like I said, when I moved to London, I desperately wanted to get rid of everything. I wanted to start afresh um, and wipe the slate clean, and actually, I set myself up for failure. And in fact, that's a bit of a I can tend to do that a lot and I definitely still do it from time to time, you know. It's not realistic to forget everything that's happened at all. In fact, it's quite damaging. Um, What is realistic is to spend time rationalising it in your own head, trying to understand it and figure out, you know, why I felt the way I did. Um, So that's really what I did. I kind of spent time thinking, um, trying to figure me out. And then how do I want to grow from what I've experienced? And it's all, for me, it was a really learning and implementation phase of my life. Um, The first six months of being in London were absolute hell. (laughs) I I took a job that I had absolutely no interest in. (laughs) It blew my mind. I was drinking a lot, probably. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. About five times a week. I gained a fuckload of weight um, and here it was again, you know, me acting out because something fell off. Yeah, drinking, not going to the gym, just being shit. I was had weird behaviour at home and yeah. So yeah, found myself in the same shit cycle. So I drew a line under drinking. I just wanted to stop. Um, I didn't stop completely, but I just completely whittled it down. Um, and I wrote down why I'd actually gone to London and the reason was to become the real me. No more to it, nothing more complicated. I just desperately wanted to be myself. I wanted to be, yeah, I just wanted to be me. So yeah, I completely cut down on drinking. I joined the gym, which the gym had always been a part of my life for since I was about 18 properly. Um, so yeah, I joined a gym. I got a new job in events where I felt like I really added value and I could give something back. And I started making friends with people that I really resonated with. What I should also say here is I also, I met some people that were great and I just didn't feel like they were for me at the time. So I didn't need to continue friendships with them. And so I, yeah, really took time to get curious and inquisitive about people I was spending my time with and found it quite important to be around people that just got me. Um, I started being completely authentic to myself. I made decisions that made, that kind of felt right to me. Um, And not always, I didn't always make the right decisions, but I started to think about them a bit more. Um, and it wasn't an always perfect, I mean, there isn't a perfect situation, but I didn't always get it right. And it didn't always go hunky dory, you know, I still did some things that felt a bit icky. I still put myself in situations that didn't completely align with who I thought I was or where I thought I was going, but where I, um, I really tried to align with what I felt was right at the time. And so, yeah, starting to recognise those right and wrong decisions. I got curious about why things made me happy or made me sad, um, upset or angry, and the things that genuinely made my day to day. I wrote a lot of things down, um, not necessarily journaling, I didn't journal back then, um, but lists of things that I wanted to achieve or experience and how I thought I could achieve them. And essentially, I started living my life, which I think is something I'd never actually done until then. I had always been on autopilot and honestly, I am so thankful for those London years because it made me think about what I was doing and and where I was and the experience that, sounds deep, but the experience that you can have in life rather than just doing things by a book that you've been a part of for you know, the the prior years. Um, yeah, and like I said, it wasn't 100% perfect. Nothing ever is, you know, it's it's life and it's day to day. And there was still a lot of times, you know, I was in a new city um, 
where I felt lost or I felt lonely. And actually no one from home in my immediate surroundings had moved away or gone to London. And I don't think my family got it. I, my friends definitely didn't get it. Um, yeah, and it was, it did feel lonely at times. And sometimes I felt completely defeated. Like, why had I made that big leap to just go? Um, but I, I knew that it was right. And I pushed through every single time. Um, and I think I just had that desperate urge and desire, and maybe even a slight desperation to just shake off who I was before, not ever let myself get back there and keep my why at the front of mind all the time and the why of being the real me always overtook those like any dark times that I ever had while I was there. Um, London really allowed me to be more focused. I'd always been into the gym but never really known what I was doing. I kind of just went and was doing cardio and a bit of weights um, and I learned to train myself properly um, and eat effectively and smart. Um, and I stopped comparing myself to other people. Um, I stopped doing stuff that attracted a cool status and started doing things that I actually really liked. And if that means, you know, staying in on a Friday night to cook rather than kind of getting pissed, that's what I did. Um, I've really learned the importance of being mentally and physically strong and listening to my body and making decisions on what's best for me um and as a result I think I've become so much softer and kinder and caring than I think I've ever have been um and it really feels great you know a lot of people that I bump into now often say to me you know you're so positive and have such a nice energy and thanks for helping and just being there and listening and it feels finally like I am being me and being me is paying off and I don't wish I'd have done it sooner because my journey wouldn't have been the same but it just feels quite freeing just to be yourself um so yeah it feels good um but I guess while I was there, one thing that did keep cropping up was the past and I didn't know how to drop it. I just didn't have a clue. I didn't know how to accept it. I didn't know how to stop carrying it around with me and I just didn't know how to let it go. So I decided to have therapy um, and unravel some of the things that were eating me up Um I am someone, I can be quite hard on myself and I blame myself for a lot of stuff that's happened um, and I carry a lot of things in my head every day and it was getting to a point where it was completely draining um, and what therapy has allowed me to do is get, I had a strong self-awareness anyway I think but it's allowed me to go that one step deeper um, in a way that I've not really experienced before. It unraveled and rationalised things that made me go, ah, I get it. That's why that happened. And that's why I feel this way about my body. Or that's not my fault. That was out of my control. So all of these things that I've been getting pissed off with myself about or lacking understanding with, I now have a rationale in my head for those things. 
Um, and I can now, this is kind of where talking to my mum about things came in because there was a lot of things from my childhood that I didn't understand. And therapy has taught me that my mum is just another human being. My mum, you know, she's an amazing human being, but she's just another adult trying to get on and do her best, you know. So it stopped all of that kind of heaviness and yeah it really did feel like a weight was lifted off my shoulders um and gave me a head thing head space for things that I actually wanted to focus on rather than carrying all of the shit um and moving to London was a really bold move for me it completely changed who I was and you know like I said I'm so thankful that I had the balls to do it because now I have friendships that mean more to me than anything I have ever experienced. The people that I have in my life now, just, it makes me a bit emotional, but they just get me. And honestly, it's such a game changer to be able to go for dinner with someone and not feel angst before it and just enjoy, you know. Um, And it's taken me a long time to get to know people properly um, and only really accept what I feel I deserve and I think I'm not sure if that's a harsh thing but I think it's important to have a really strong group of people around you and I think I'm a firm believer in you are you know you are a product of your environment and so it's important to pick these people wisely and people who you just naturally click with um, and they can be hard to find. Um, so yeah, I spent time figuring out people um, and yeah, the friends I've got now really bring value to my life. Um, and like I said, I only put myself in surroundings and environments that feel completely natural and positive and anything that feels forced or shit or against and and just yeah and and aggy energy I just don't do it anything that I feel myself resisting is now just a no I have spoken about confidence and um you know I'm still not the most confident person I am now stepping into a new world of coming away from corporate and doing my own thing and even having the podcast um and I'm not always, you know, I build confidence in certain areas and then I step into somewhere new and I'm like, oh, fuck this feeling again. But what I try and do now is I really embrace everything that I put myself into. And sometimes I don't want to and that's OK. Sometimes I just want to be quiet. And other times I really want to just go for it. Um, but I do try and put myself kind of push myself out of my box a little bit so that I can learn and grow. Um, so yeah, I'm still not the most confident or outgoing person and I've come to accept that that's okay. I, I actually quite like it about myself. Um, I'm not, you know, I've, I've had a lot of years being loud and brash and bold and I'm not interested in being like that anymore. Um, what I do have is a lot of self-belief and a more positive outlook on life. Ultimately, I just feel like I'm creating a way easier way to live and it feels so good. You know, my ex-boyfriend that I was talking about earlier, he used to say this thing to me all the time, like, I just want it to be easy and you make it so difficult. 
And I never, ever, ever understood what he meant until the past few years. And now I'm like, ah, I want, you know, I just want things to be easy and I don't want any difficulty in my life. Um, So I've really managed to get to a place where I feel so much more comfortable in who I am than I've ever felt before. And I'm by no means, you know, I'm not a life coach, I'm not qualified, but I am someone who sees that it's so easy to get waylaid into becoming someone that is so far away from who you are um, that it can feel impossible to go ev- to ever go back. And that's kind of a point and a reason why I decided to build scenes. I'm a massive believer in traumatic experiences being a huge igniter for change and shaping who we become. So looking back, I'm thankful for both of those big defining moments that happened, which took me a really, really long time to realise and to stop being negative towards them. It's taken a lot of hard work, a lot of trial and error, a lot of failure, um, but also a lot of wins. You know, I've had a lot of uncomfortable conversations, a lot of nights talking to my best friends over wine and a bit of therapy to get to a place where I understand the things that have happened um, and really dig deep into the whys of things and resonate and accept my own thoughts so that I'm in a happier place to be able to move on and just stop living in the past. So why scenes of beauty? Oh, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> so I essentially want to build something that eventually gives me freedom. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to bullshit anyone here. I want to build a platform that grows into something and opens doors and opportunities for me. Um, you know, I want to work on myself. On sorry, I want to work for myself on my own on my own terms. So I'm trying to make small steps in a direction that feels natural and authentic to me to be able to get there in a way that I know how by kind of following my intuition and sharing information that. I have learned that I feel passionate about and that I genuinely and honestly believe it will really help people. Um, I feel a lot of people feel, see, experience the same things and there's no wider conversation about it and so I kind of wanted to build a bit of a community about that. Um, I called Scenes of Beauty scenes of beauty because I believe I just think that every single person has their own script and their own version of beauty is completely unique to them whether that's a physical attribute or a mental state or your surroundings or just what makes you happy and I think with life that's happening at the moment we're in a world where we can struggle to be ourselves because we are constantly being fed information and media about how we should be. There is a massive culture at the minute of one perfection and two comparing ourselves and I just see it damaging people and it really really hurts me and so what my aim for scenes is is to encourage people to really notice 
when they're in a situation that isn't true to them and give them the confidence to step into who they really are, you know. Um, I really think it's important for people to learn to say no um, and encourage to spend time with themselves so that they can feel way more free and more at home within their own minds and their bodies. Whether that's through mindset stuff, so affirmations, journaling, meditation or moving and self-care or through beauty and escapism. Um, I'll talk in a sec about where beauty comes into it but a lot of people do find escapism in a self-care evening or through products and routines which I think can play a massive part in self-discovery and it definitely has for me. Um, I definitely see a lot of people in the same situation that I was in, you know, completely lost and visibly not being themselves or just going with the flow because they think it's what they should be doing um, or staying in a job because they don't have the confidence to move out of one or yeah just being in a crappy situation um and not excelling um and it becomes mundane and so it kind of sparked something in me that wanted to build a kind of a relatable platform and a community so beauty um the reason there's a big focus on beauty is because beauty is really where I found my purpose. And in full transparency, it's not 100% my passion. You know, my passion is this thirst and this hunger for living authentically and stepping away from things you're not and into who you are. But I do believe that my purpose is beauty. It's I step out of it and I always end up back in it. You know, I know a lot about it. And yeah, in full transparency, I don't know what every active is or what every single ingredient does for your skin, nor do I know how to apply the perfect makeup base or what products go well together or layering for makeup. I've got an incredible understanding of brands and a good knowledge of kind of brand look and feel and talking you know, brand communication. um, And that's kind of where my background is. But I think, you know, my drive to be a part of the beauty industry. In fact, I didn't actually tell you, but um, when I moved to London, I, one of my goals was to work in a beauty brand. And I kind of worked my little butt off and I ended up working at Rimmel, which was as great for me. Um, Completely wrong role. I was so out of my depth, but you know, I did it. Um, And it's just been something that has been a consistent in my life for a long time. So, yeah, my drive to be part of the beauty industry and the experience that I have within it has saved me from what could have been an ongoing spiral of shit, in all honesty. Um, And it almost feels too close to my heart for it not to be a part of what I talk about. Um, Again, in complete transparency, I'm trying to figure out the balance between kind of psychology and life and mindset things that I talk about and beauty. But, you know, it will get there and it will feel intertwined eventually. I almost feel like I also, 
there's a big part of me that feels like the beauty industry is a reputation of a lot of us and who we are. Um, it was born to be this amazing thing to empower women and feel good and how it's evolved in some cases has given us a shield to hide behind the ability to look at our face and just want to completely change it and the way we look and see ourselves. And again, a huge amount of comparison within the industry as well. The past 10, 20 years of beauty have also been a really unrealistic image of what beautiful is. You know, I would love, love to build something where it takes beauty and it churns out an acceptance of beauty that is just who we are. There are also so many positive elements of beauty, you know, experimenting with different products. When you're in beauty, the community and the passion that's evolved, that's involved from, you know, colleagues that I've experienced working with or influencers or creative partners, it's so infectious and it's like nothing I've ever seen or experienced before. And I think outside of being in the industry, there's a real sense of woman for woman empowerment within beauty. And I absolutely love that it is, you know, it has the ability to make us feel relaxed and gorgeous and calm and sexy and completely in love with ourselves. Um, And you'll hear that as I go throughout the episodes. You know, I ask a lot of questions about how it makes my guests feel and what they love about it and how it's transformed their lives and there's so much of a deeper meaning to beauty than just sticking on a foundation and a lipstick you know and if you think about it beauty is a massive part of our lives for pretty much everyone even guys now um you know it's a ritual most of us have every single morning and every single evening we use it to cheer ourselves up to make ourselves feel better, treat ourselves, um, to treat each other, to take time out of our day, to switch off. There's so many things. So I really wanted to build something that brings the two together. Um, And here it is. It's Scenes of Beauty, um, currently a podcast and an Instagram page that is already helping and inspiring people, you know, through conversations and content. Um, And my hope is that it really does build into something bigger. But Right now, it's just the start and it feels really exciting. It feels right and I believe in it so much Um, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. And I'm actually really excited for you guys who are listening to be a part of it so early on. Um, So, yeah, I don't think I can end an episode without asking myself the question I ask everyone that comes on my show. And that is, what is my version of beauty? I actually did a reel about this a couple of weeks ago. But right now, for me, my version of beauty is being in a place where I am completely myself, which is probably an obvious one, given what I've just talked about for an hour. Um, But, you know, to be surrounded by people that really understand and inspire me and have my best interests at heart, to really continue to look within and grow and learn and embrace who I am every day and really just live my life. Um, You know, for so long I was a I'll do it tomorrow kind of girl and now I'm a I really want to do this so I do it kind of person. Um, 
and that means a lot to me, you know, um, to really just follow my heart and go with what feels natural. And I'm all for experiencing. And I really believe that experience and throwing yourself out there and into something really does open up opportunity. So yeah, that's my version of beauty. But thank you so much for listening to this. And thank you for all of your support so far. This was an important episode for me to deliver to you guys so you could get a sense of my background and where I've come from um, so that you can kind of understand the whys of what I'm talking about and hopefully they are helping you. Um, But I've had some incredible guests in the first eight weeks and I promise to keep delivering um, on them. I know you guys are loving who I'm speaking to. Um, So yeah, and if there is anyone you want to hear from or topics you want me to cover, please just drop me a message on Instagram and I will do what I can to fulfil. I've already got a list. Some of you sent me some requests on social about who you want to listen to. So I have reached out and I am working my magic. Um, But yeah, as I say on every single episode, please share Scenes of Beauty with your friends and family. Follow me on Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Instagram and um, review every episode. Uh, Sorry, review the platform on Spotify or Apple um, because it really does, it really does help to grow when you are a little smally. So um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed and yeah, next week we kick off a bit of a different twist on scenes of beauty so i am excited um for you to hear but thanks for listening goodbye